Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, bringing help and encouragement to those dealing with real-life issues. To learn more, visit ConqueringSeedsOfDestruction.com. Welcome to Conquering the Seeds of Destruction, and my name is Maureen Y-Smith. Now today, I am going to be covering the Biblical Approach section. So let's go ahead and start with the scripture. Now, the scripture that I'm going to read comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 2 through 6. And I'm going to actually read this from the Amplified Version. And it says, I ask that when I do come, I will not be driven to the boldness that I intend to show toward those few who regard us as if we walked according to the flesh like men without the spirit. For though we walk in the flesh as mortal men, we are not carrying in our spiritual warfare according to the flesh and using the weapons of man. The weapons of our warfare are not physical, flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every act of disobedience when your own obedience as a church is complete. And again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 2 through 6, and that's in the Amplified Version. As you can see from the scriptures, the war that you face is not of flesh and blood. It is a spiritual warfare, and it becomes important to make sure that when you are getting prepared for warfare, you are girded up in the Word of God and remain in obedience to Christ. When you allow yourselves to operate in the flesh, then you get distracted by your own thoughts and you operate in a prideful way. It is important that you keep the knowledge of God and what he says to do to really be front and center in your mind. I know things can be challenging in today's times because everyone has an opinion about everything and everybody. Also, they want to do things the way that they want to do, and many people don't want you to tell them anything. They want to do things without any type of authority figure guiding them or ruling them. I even think some of the job resignation that is being done is because of that very reason. No one wants people to tell them how they should be doing something. I know some things can be challenging when you have someone over you. As long as things are done in a respectful way and not in a dominating way, I think that you are able to work through things that may get a little tense. However, if it gets to a point to where people are just trying to prove their points and they are not listening to what the other person is saying, 
then the conversation will be strained from the beginning. The saying that respect is earned when respect is given is still valuable and necessary. Respect to one another should be given at all times and never minimized by anyone. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 12 through 15 and this is from the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. And again, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 15 in the New Living Translation version. Respecting one another in love can prevent tension to be escalated at unforeseen levels. When you are consciously aware of your actions and your communication to one another, it will prevent you from causing any hurtful feelings from being displayed. You become more conscious of someone else's feelings versus your own feelings, and it allows things to be in a more pleasant atmosphere. This approach will always be the best way to go about things because you allow yourself to operate in the way that God would want you to versus how the enemy would want you to. Even if it stretches you in certain ways, you will be glad that you are doing things in an obedience to God. God has a mighty work for you to do for him. When you do the things that he wants you to do, he is able to get the glory from it and you allow his kingdom to also be built. You should want to do the things that he wants you to do. When you take the focus off of you, it becomes much easier to do so. So now let's take a look at an example in the Bible. And I'm going to be sharing with you from Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, and also verses 26 through 28. And it says, On July 31st of my 30th year, while I was with the Judean exiles beside the Kabar River in Babylon, the heavens were open to me, and I saw visions of God. This happened during the fifth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity. The Lord gave a message to me. Ezekiel, son of Buzah, a priest, there beside the Kabar River in the land of the Babylonians, and I felt the hand of the Lord take hold of me. As I looked, I saw a great storm coming toward me from the north driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. 
The fire inside the cloud glowed with gleaming amber. From the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human, except that each had four faces and two pairs of wings. Their legs were straight like human beings, but their feet were split like calves' feet and shone like burnished bronze. Beneath each of their wings, I could see human hands. The wings of each living being touched the wings of the two beings beside it. The living beings were able to fly in any direction without turning around. Each had a human face in the front, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle at the back. Each had two pairs of outstretched wings. One pair stretched out to touch the wings of the living beings on either side of it, and the other pair covered its body. They went in whatever direction the spirit chose, and they moved straight forward in all directions without having to turn around. And now I'm going to drop down to verses 26 through 28. Above the surface over their heads was what looked like a throne made of blue sapphire. And high above this throne was a figure whose appearance was like that of a man. From his waist up, he looked like gleaming amber, flickering like a fire. And from his waist down, he looked like a burning flame, shining with splendor. All around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow shining through the clouds. This was the way the glory of the Lord appeared to me. When I saw it, I fell face down in the dust, and I heard someone's voice speaking to me. And again, that's Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1 through 12, and also verses 26 through 28. Now, as you can see from the scriptures, Ezekiel had an experience with God. He saw visions, and he saw these beings that were powerful with different faces, and they had strong power and strength. What he also saw was the power and presence of God being displayed. He said that he felt the hand of the Lord take hold of him. In the latter verses of 26 through 28, Ezekiel fell face down to the ground because he saw the glory of the Lord around him, and he knew he was insignificant. With all of the power and glow, Ezekiel was, I'm sure, in awe of the presence of God, especially when God spoke to him. This mighty presence will be an example when we all come face to face with the presence of God. We will all kneel before him. Those of us who know him and have relationship with him will be humbled and in complete submission to his authority, while those who don't will be subjected to his judgment. Prayerfully, more people will have a personal encounter with Jesus before it is too late so that they can experience the glory of God in heaven. 
What is so amazing about this is that God can come to anyone at any time for them to do a mighty work for him. When God calls you, you will answer in obedience. Or will you not answer in obedience? There is always something that needs to be done. And he needs each and every one of us to keep working for him to help get his message out. God wants people to be saved and to turn from sin. He doesn't want them to perish, so he needs our help in it. James chapter 5 verses 19 through 20 says, My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover a multitude of sins. And again, that's James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. As you can see from these scriptures, he wants you to be able to reach people so that you can try to prevent them from going into the wrong direction and to help them come to God and to be saved from death. The goal becomes for you to be proactive and not just for you to wait around for something to just drop in your laps. There may be times where you are not for sure if you are hearing from God, so you are not for sure what he wants you to do for him. Please continue to seek him. He will give you the answers that you need so that there won't be any type of vagueness or gray areas with you. There may also be times where you feel that God has given you something to do for him and you are not for sure if you are capable of doing the task that is in front of you. It may seem overwhelming, but please keep seeking God in all of it. He knows who you are and what you are capable of achieving. Now, Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6 says, Trust the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And that verse says it all. So on tomorrow, I'm going to actually be covering a new seed of destruction. So please come back and see how things unfold and what God will do in our lives as we are conquering the seeds of destruction. Take care and stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Public author and speaker Maureen Y. Smith brings help and encouragement to deal with real life issues, giving you permission to live the life of abundance that God wants you to live, allowing peace, joy, and freedom to reign in your life. To book Maureen at your next event or small group, email destruction at gmail.com. And to follow Maureen along in this journey, purchase your discounted copy of Conquering the Seeds of Destruction book and workbook at destruction.com. That's destruction.com.